0: you can call it cannabis or you can call it ganja you can call it medicine it pick you like a doctor just let it flow we enhance your your chakra sit back relax it is about to get you proper talking about that sticky marijuana in time with your host Baba batch. yeah he would get you right this is the podcast where we roll up and like come catch our contact on a perfect time
1: All right, and welcome to The Perfect High. I'm your host, Baba Fats, and today we have the beautiful Miss Pop Aria here today uh, in the studio. That's right. Now, Pop Aria, in case you're not familiar, uh, had her debut into Thai celebrity status in 1994. 1994, 1995, and has continued to be a uh, a very positive figure in uh, Thai media as a Thai celebrity since then. And um, I'm very blessed to be sitting with Pop here today. And uh, Pop! How are you?
2: Hey, I'm really, really happy to be here.
1: Right? I'm, yeah. I'm really happy you are here. Yeah. Um, so, Pop, just to you know, just to let our viewers know a little bit about who you are and what you've done. Um, oh. You know, <laughs> you know, since you you were introduced to uh, as you know as the Nong Sao Thai. Nong Sao Tai,
2: Nong Sao Tai, 1994. Um, I was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. My parents were, uh, my mom from UTIA. Okay. My dad's from Trang, so they're both Thai. So any question about me being half this and half that, I'm half UTIA and half Trang. Okay. So I am fully Thai. But uh-huh. My parents were getting their graduate studies um, in the States. And uh, because of cold Michigan winters, mm-hmm. I was born, you know, young 24-year-old kids. So they came back when I was about one. And uh, I've been living in Thailand for about only five years. And then I went back to the U.S., um, after this political thing happened, like 6th of October, many bad things oh, happened. Yeah, little e- yes. yeah with yes.
1: uh, Kun Prabhat Panya Chatrak was oh, a very was big, a- influential <laughs> person in that. One of my personal role models here in Thailand. And yeah. A guy I love a lot.
2: And they went to the forest because of the yes. communist threats. Yes. That never happened. Uh-huh. Pa- propaganda from the. Well, yeah. you
1: know, I've personally spent a lot of time with uh Prabhat. Mm-hmm. And um he was a very active member in the, the communist movement during that time. I can't speak to what his personal position w- was in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and there was a huge threat from the communists through there when all these guys they 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 hid up in the hills. Um they were ostracized in Thai society as yeah. uh, you know, the the devil of Thai society. Um, but he he really fought for the people. Um and that's why he was even, you know, given yeah. his last name. He's, he's he's a really good guy.
2: I think the word, because I, I studied journalism and I really love words. Words have meanings and people define them differently. When people label you like, ah, Miss Thailand, they expect something. Right. But, you know, after a certain age, I don't really want to be just that. There right. is more. I mean, that my human world, my social world I've been through, you know, I've been very successful. I made a lot of money doing these kind of stuff. But now in, like, this kind of, like, um, natural world that I've discovered, it's like, yeah, people who are, you know, in that time, same communism, the word communism was a commune. Right. It was a commune. Right. It is not the, the the full word of communism that it means that, you know, China, you know, and Mao Zedong or something terrible, the Vietnam, you know, and the invasion, those things are, words have been... Well, up.
1: That's propaganda that has been, you know, put out through and the 60s, 70s uh-huh. and whatnot, the red communists and uh, the se- segregation, you know, oh. se- segregation in society. Um, it meant a lot more in the United States during that time than it did here. Um, it was a bad word.
2: It was a bad word. We have many bad words, right? And like mm-hmm. words are now like. We're in a CP culture, oh, yeah. right? Be yeah, careful with that. your words, you know, <laughs> your words have meaning. Um, there was a story about this one guy who was supposed to be a host of Jeopardy and executive producer. And they found out he did a podcast like eight, nine years back where he says, like asked these women, do they take pictures of their boobs and stuff? On this podcast eight right. years ago, and like the women movements are coming. No, he's like no, it's a you know bad publicity for right. the show.
1: Can I ask you the same question on this podcast
2: about boobs? <laughs> no, I'm just joking <laughs> <laughs> about, about Jeopardy host. <laughs> no,
1: I'm joking.
2: No, it's okay. Um, all good. And um, like I said, it's 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 about the words. And when I was in the uh, in the pageant, one of the words that came up, and one of the things that they asked you about, you know, was like uh, who was your role model. Right. Mm -hmm. And everybody in the Miss Universe pageant would say Mother Teresa or Princess Diana. Right. And I would go Gloria Steinem. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. And people would just not get me. They where, Who are you? What? She I mean, Miss Magazine, you know, the liberals, you know, I mean, I mean, but the word feminism came up and people had a really bad understanding. Are you a feminist? Like you burn bras? Right. Are you against men? Uh-huh. You talk their, 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 you know, their weenies off? It's like, uh, no, whoa, you know, extremists, mm-hmm. extreme views. That's sure. been happening because we uh, we have stigmas and we have shame for certain words. Right. Right. And this, this is how we are controlled.
1: Well, there's <sighs> a certain word that has a lot of stigma behind it. Yes. Um, there's a word that has been a very bad, bad word here bad. in Thailand. <laughs> and I've heard it once Worse or twice in my past. Okay, it's called. Get this, ganja. Oh, have you ever heard that word used in Thailand?
2: You know what? I've like bands and people who with long hairs, hippies and dreadlocks. Yes,
1: right, and beards.
2: Yes, and beards. Don't forget the beard. Right, because because you're going natural. It's part of the. Uh, you know? Did you? I mean, ganja is an amazing thing, and I think it's a. Uh, it's it's one of the great. Uh, herbs out there. It's just not the herbs, you know, but right now it's getting a lot of press. It's like sure. the, uh, it's like green tea, you know, this is a green smoke, the green, <laughs> yeah. The, the, you know, the trend that's going on. Mm-hmm. And I understand that this is a huge trend. Everyone wants to make some money out of it. Sure. Yeah. And, and for me who has been in the public eye for so long and have advertised many things in my life that, was a big lie. You know, I'm a life promoter. I'm a professional bullshitter. Right. (laughs) If you really want me to go there, yes. Yeah. You know, and after a certain age, I want to just, like, be real. And I think that's what really the world needs right now. Mm -hmm. Some more realness. And one of the realness that people really need to know is, like, these are just plants. Like, you said it once. It's a plant.
1: It's a plant. Exactly. And
2: why is it being criminalized for, since... Richard Nixon, you know, president when I was 1971, when I was born, you know, Mm -hmm. dick, what a dick, you know, what a (laughs) dick move to do. I mean, he also privatized hospitals and stuff like that and healthcare. So people had to go out on their own. Right. It wasn't like European healthcare and it was like capitalist to the max, right? You're out on your own. And look how, can I use the word fucked up in this world right now that we are in because of all that, you know, and- Seeing that, and also seeing the, the the generation before us, you know the hip the hippies, mm-hmm. you know the hipsters. Well, they're different ideas. And when we met, and when we did that thing with buy, you mm-hmm. know, first trip for you to buy, right? Me on your motorbike, you know, right. with highlanders on us. I'm thinking, easy rider, hello, yeah. yes,
1: yeah, right, yeah,
2: easy rider. Yeah. What a great Dustin great Hoffman, film. Peter
1: Fonda. Ah. that was one of the best films ever made. This
2: was made before we were born. It was 1967. Yeah. Right? So many good things came in that time. Absolutely. You know, so many good things. Right. Why was it? I mean, mean, even like if you want to see the the difference between the generations, like the Beatles before they went to India and after they went to India. Sure. Big difference. Huge
1: difference. Yeah. Different
2: sounds, different Mm -hmm. things, more natural. Right. Right? Yeah. Connection.
1: And remember the Beatles weren't the first uh, ones nope. to go to India. All right. The first real mm-hmm. uh band to go to India and have this psychedelic sort of uh experience. The Beach Boys. The
2: Beach Boys. Yeah.
1: Before they made it there before the Beatles. Is because,
2: uh, because they're in California. Is because California is a hipster place to be.
1: Absolutely. Right? It's know? a
2: surfers man. Right. They're That's where so I'm from. with the nature, right. right? And California, I mean, I it's I've been there many times. I've actually worked um, back in the day Oakland Tribune. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, before they went under across the bay from San Francisco. Yeah. And it is just a place where they eat sushis and everybody's doing yoga and health conscious. Mm-hmm. Who are these people? They're not they regular all- American. I'm from Michigan, so right. like, whoa.
1: Well, all those people in Oakland, they all moved to Berkeley now. Yeah. Yes, but, uh, which you is know, cooler. They're still <laughs> but they're there. They're doing mm-hmm. it. Um, so yeah, cannabis is, you know, obviously here on the show, uh, you know, the perfect high, mm-hmm. um, we are cannabis oriented and cannabis focused, you know, and, you know, there's been a, a, a lot of great things that have happened, mm-hmm. uh, here in Thailand. Well, over the course of the last three to four years, cannabis yeah. has started to become, a popular word here in Thailand. Maybe not so. Uh, over the last four years, I've seen it being used a lot more, but not in a negative context. Mm. Um, have you? I mean, have you? Do you have any involvement, Not involvement, but uh, have you? Have you seen what's happened oh, in yeah. the industry over the course of the oh, last yeah, four years?
2: Definitely. It's um. Right now, uh, Thailand is a uh, has been always dependent on tourism. Right. Right. And um, and everything is kaput because of this pandemic going on, right? So everyone right now is looking for ways to make money. It's not just the word cannabis; it's the logo. It is the leaf. Mm-hmm. It is everywhere. It is in like coffee shops. It is in um, food. It is in a lot of things, and it's popping up everywhere. You know, have it in your hamburgers. You know, yeah, fried. Have deep fried cannabis leaf. Yeah, yeah? ganja leaf, and it's everywhere. It's 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 gone weird out and, and like, wait a minute, this beautiful plant, which is medicinal, has put in, and they put into sugar Mm -hmm. and now it is now poison. So I don't understand. I don't understand what are you guys doing? And really the leaf, I mean, you know, and it's against the law to take the best part, which is the buds. Right. Right. And that's, that's the best part is like eating bananas. You eat the banana, Buzz, right? Right. Not the leaf.
1: Can you imagine going to banana <laughs> farmers and say, okay, you can grow all the bananas you want, <laughs> all right, but you can only use the stalk, the leaf, and the roots for, for for products. And if you're really good, we'll take the bananas to the government and we'll give you 50% of the bananas back. <laughs> I mean, come on. What industry works the way that it's that it's set up like this right now?
2: A banana republic. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, and
1: for those who of the listeners that don't know, yeah. We have a law set up here in Thailand right now, and we are cert- we're, we're we're currently working through the laws and they're developing as we speak. Um, but as of today, cannabis farmers can grow cannabis. Mm. Uh, but the flowers, the cannabis that they grow Needs yes. to be donated to the government
2: Why did they get all the best part? That's not the hookah tea You know, that is the, the creme de la creme I mean, that is the cake When they say let them eat the bread, you know Or let them eat cake We want the cake too yeah. What's wrong with having the cake?
1: Well, They're taking the cake and leaving the scraps for the peasants <laughs> The farmers, the people that, uh, you know, that live on uh you know you know 6000 bot per month 200 US dollars per month a lot of these farmers if a farmer's making that per month mm-hmm. they're making good money right um right. and yeah so we give the scraps to these guys so that they can buy it's pathetic
2: yeah. it's really pathetic pathetic piece of work and uh I promised myself when I turned 50, which I have, when you came with me, my birthday with party, I made a promise to my mom that before I came to Thailand that I would not speak my mind because I would not have a place to live in this country where I spoke my mind. Sure. Yeah. And because of like a lot of advertising that I did, you know, mm-hmm. I had to be a good girl. Right. You know how a good girl is. You good girls go, you know, they go to heaven. But <laughs> I had to be bad at a certain point. But my, my real thing is not good or bad. It's just the fact that I want to be free. And I right. want to, like, try everything. You know, I mean, these of stuff has been around been so long. And for me to see countries uh, legalize it, Mm-hmm. You know, in California, in Colorado, um, and all these 25 other states, I've been following them. Mm-hmm. And Canada, the entire state of Canada, whoa, the country of Canada, whoa. Yeah. Right? And they allow them to develop and make great stuff, and this is how they're going to save the economy and also the earth. Mm-hmm. My God, it is such a useful plant. It's been used for so many thousands and thousands of years, you know. And as for me, looking at it, it's like, it just like, logical that we are, as a species, killing ourselves. Right. Right? We are putting poison into the earth. We're putting all these, like, monocrop Remember all that corn that we saw. Right. Why? Why can't we save it? Why can't we do organic? What happened to organic? I mean, before all this, you know? Right. We're making more waste. And sure. when the economy picks up, we're going to create more damage.
1: I mean, my, money. my personal view on the cannabis industry right now is that it does more for the corn farmers than it does for anybody in the cannabis industry that does anything for patients, that does anything for cannabis farmers. Uh, And the reason I feel that way is that a lot of the, 90% of the products that I've seen available here in Thailand, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, a very, very small amount of cannabis, you know, a couple (laughs) leaves of cannabis. Uh, mixed in with 40, 50, 60 grams of sugar. sugar. So yeah, the cane mm-hmm. farmers, the guys who are burning their fields consistently here using non-sustainable practices uh, that are very unique to Thailand um, because one of the biggest cane producers in the world, Brazil, mm. has now made it illegal to burn their crops and they are implementing sustainable cane farming practices. Um, so the cane, the, the high fructose corn syrup that comes out of it, uh, the, in my opinion, the cannabis industry is promoting these forms of non-sustainable farming, non-sustainable industry in order to promote cannabis. Let's put one leaf in our <laughs> super sugary drink that took, you know, yeah. I don't know how many plants of uh, cane or corn it t- it took to make that. But they only got one cannabis leaf in there. Um, You know, so currently with the way that the laws are set up, allowing Mm -hmm. the general public to use the leaf, the stalk and the root as a uh, as, you know, being able to freely use. You can send it to wherever you can send it through the mail.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, That's fine. But what is it doing to the people? You know, like it's it's giving them crumbs. It's giving them crumbs. Right. Right. And. You know, we brought cannabis here to Thailand under the umbrella of medical cannabis. Kun mm-hmm. Anutin, he brought, you know, he was the first person to announce the California model back in 2017, 2018. He was talking about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the California model allowing every household to grow six plants for their own personal use, personal mm-hmm. consumption, consumption, in order to treat themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I mean, have you seen any six-plant cannabis models uh, put uh, (laughs) in functioning here?
2: Here's the thing. Um, Thais are kind of like they don't have the know-how to -hmm. do their own. Or, the you know, if you never had the good stuff, why would you go out there and get the tools to plant these things, right? Right. So they don't know what is good or what it is or or how to grow it or, you know— so no, of course right. not. Not that many.
1: Right. Yeah, there's not that many that are up. I mean, the Thais, they're learning. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody here is learning. Um, and it's a mm. it's a very forced, it's a forced sort of accelerated learning process that we're going through, that the Thai government is going through. Um, this being a you know, basically a bad word in Thailand up until four years ago. Um, and it was considered a bad word, but I mean in my personal opinion and views, it was very widely used, even though it was considered a bad, it was a considered a bad word.
2: There's a stigma attached to it. If, sure. I, if anything, I would like to be honest and say that I really wish that there would be no stigma attached to it. Right. You know, back in the days when my dad was like a teenager, you know, he just like picked it on the side of, out of the road, you know, um, in throng, rolled himself a little bit and just smoked it. Um, the rich kids smoke cigarettes mm-hmm. the poor kids smoke these you know weed yeah. on the side of the street right there's no not a big deal to it but uh now it is like the opposite and, and, and the thing is it's not that it is a better it is it is medicine you know and mm-hmm. with anything it would be medicine or poison it's about the quality, the amounts, then I understand that six, you know, to grow it. But people have never had the chance to even taste the good stuff, you know. And here in Thailand, we have so many good food, you oh, know, oh, yeah. vegetables and fruits. And I mean, the mangosteen, the the, the, the mangoes, the, right, the durians, mm-hmm. everything. Our, our soul is so rich. Our sun, our tropic climate is so well established for us to grow amazing things. Right. Why aren't we growing the amazing things and consuming them first and be... A player in this, you know, allowing people to have access to one of this crop, you know. I mean, all these natural things. I mean, I, in my life, I try to keep it simple, you know, keep mm-hmm. my life as simple as possible, so I have more freedom in life. And the other thing is, I, I really want to say, I have always thought for is like, why is it that a plant has been been charred by another terrible What I think, bureaucracy, mm-hmm. you know, stupidity. And I just, I have to say it is really stupid or self-interest, you know, that is a huge thing. It's yes. self-interest and it's like, it's not for the whole, for the country, you know, people use it. And, um, you know, during the lockdown in the U.S., I mean, people, those dispensaries were open, you know, you're stuck there. It's like, do you want to drink alcohol all day? You know, right. and that's, you know, that's. It allows people to escape sometimes from the reality, which is not very bright. Right. Allow them to chill. And most people who have, uh, have tried it, I mean, really good stuff. If you have like, who enough, you will probably just like go to sleep. That is it.
1: Right. Yeah. That's that's the the worst case scenario for a cannabis overdose is (laughs) you sleep for a long time. And what is wrong with chilling
2: out? I mean, we were talking about this, that we as a society, we need to learn to like, you know, we have enough sustainability and we like know what is enough. Mm -hmm. That is the art, the wisdom of like, oh, enough for me. This is enough. Uh, I know this is too much and this is not good or, you know, Enough or when to take it. Sure. How much to sleep, you know, managing your life. It is part of like it's there. You know, it's there for us as medicine, as as this Garden of Eden that, you know, the, the world has, earth has for us to, to use and we are not using it. And it's sad, and that is just it's a sad thing to, to hear. And why and to have these movement come up mostly it's based on money and self interest. Yes. To certain small group mm-hmm. of society. Right. And the difference between the richest people in the world here in Thailand is the most. Right. One mm-hmm. percent of the population owns 67 percent of their wealth. Right. Yeah. We have these cornfields that burns, you know, during the burning season. Well, They burn all year, but during the rainy season, they can't really burn that well. You know, and we have these like monocrops everywhere and we have these pesticides being sprayed And before and by, they had, like, um, garlics and and, and heirloom tomatoes and really good food there, Mm -hmm. you know, and onions and stuff. But they don't grow that anymore.
1: Yeah, they grow corn. Corn. Right.
2: And and when more people are out of work, you know, they go back home. And, of course, big company, CP and big corporations, you know, hire them to grow corn for feed, for livestock. We got into this mess because how we are— Uh, how we receive our food, Mm -hmm. how we are killing our food, you know, the bird flu and and the mad cow and how we are consuming our food and cutting the rainforest and stuff like that. We're not planning it back. Right. Ah.
1: Yeah. It comes back to sustainability. I mean, we're not in any, you know, we're not in, we're not a sustainable culture. And what I would like to do is I'd like to talk to you a lot more about the sustainability of country mm-hmm. and how cannabis can you be used as a
0: tool for sustainability in this country in the next segment. Stay up to date with the Perfect High Podcast on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Just type in the Perfect High Podcast, then follow or like the pages. You can also turn on the notifications so you can be notified when we make new posts. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Perfect High Podcast on YouTube. There you can see the actual faces behind the voices. Oh, and again, make sure you click that notification bell. And if you're already watching on YouTube, then be sure to search for the Perfect High Podcast on your favorite podcast streaming platform and follow us there. Now let's get back to the podcast. We work with these cannabis practitioners, these real medical
1: professionals of cannabis. Yeah. Um, they look right into the patient's eyes and say, you don't have time. All right. We're going to get you on the highest dose of cannabis that we possibly can in order to uh, treat you, The you know, to, to treat you, you know, for, for your ailments. Mm. Um, and they're very aggressive with it. Um, a lot of times it's a shock to the patients even. Because these patients are going, well, they're sort of on the fence about is cannabis good, is cannabis bad? And these medical practitioners Mm -hmm. come in and they're full force with it. They're trying to get these people onto the Rick Simpson method, which, um, you know, I'm not a medical practitioner myself. I've worked with a lot of patients. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of patients go through the Rick Simpson method. And I've seen a lot of success with this. Mm-hmm. I've seen people with brain cancers, uh, glioblastoma, go from, you know, the doctors telling them they have six weeks to live. And these patients are still alive today. Um, I was dealing with like just one instances of this. Um, Phoenix Tears. Phoenix Tears is a website that's, I don't know exactly who runs it, but mm-hmm. it's based around Rick Simpson. Now, Rick Simpson is actually in very poor health at the moment. Um, he had a, he suffered a stroke about four or five, six years ago, and yeah. has been recovering his health ever since. He hasn't been in the in the the public eye in a while now. But the uh, the Phoenix Tears got in contact with me, told me that there was a patient in the area I was living at the time. And that this patient was a three-year-old boy with glioblastoma.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, glioblastoma—I might be pronouncing it wrong. I think I'm getting it right. It's
2: a cancer of the.
1: It, it's it's a tumor. It's a oh. it's a tumor or a cancer in the brain, mm. and they're very very aggressive. They grow very fast. Now, this three-year-old boy at the time, his mother was a um, his mother was a nurse at a hospital in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, The country that I was in at the time, it didn't have – legal cannabis was not readily available. Uh, Through one way or another, through who I am, Phoenix Tears reached out to me because they knew I was in that country to help provide oil for this sick and dying child who had, according to the doctors, six to eight weeks to live. Um, I treated this – three-year-old, and I didn't do the treatments. Mm-hmm. I helped provide the medicine for the practitioner that was administering the treatments. So, right. I was involved with it, but I wasn't actually administering the, the medicine to the child.
2: This is when you were in California.
1: This is when I was in a country that had uh, very strict cannabis laws at the time. Ah. And okay. um, Especially, you know, there's a huge stigma of of cannabis, especially administering it to a three year old child.
2: Oh, yeah. It's safe for for every age. I've actually, there's documentaries about uh, doing even younger, a few months old. Right. Yeah. And uh, when this movement legalization happened, it was because of a a young girl named Charlotte, and she had um, seizures. Yes. Yes. And she was really the face of the movement. And I think she passed away last year. Yes. Right? Earlier this year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Charlotte. So because of her, it's like these children are getting treatments from seizures, from other things that um, brain chemicals are just not aligned or attuned right. Right?
1: Well, I mean, you've seen the way that like our entire society is out of whack. All right. We've been, you know, even me personally, I was raised on Oscar Mayer, <laughs> uh, Nestle food that was packed with sugar and whatever preservatives that they could put into Andrew it. I
2: grew Michigan, Kellogg's, yeah. Dow Jones. Yeah. Hello. You know, Motown. Yeah. You know, the 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 water, the poison of the, uh, you know, the lead poisoning in the Flint water thing, you know. Oh, yeah. My mom yeah. being there and even her, her, her illness or sickness when she came back to, you know, come pretty much die in my arms was, you know, here, it, w- it was just like she got sicker and sicker because of spinobellum just shrinking. No reason, just live working in a factory for 30 years. You know? Okay.
1: There is no, there's no such thing as no reason.
2: Yes. You know, it
1: happens for the a reason. The doctors say
2: these doctors, that's the reason why I've been, you know, looking at like these modern medicine doctors Say you know, boom, boom, boom. They they put her on steroids, which didn't help. You know, they put a bunch of stuff, and they you know MRI and all this other stuff. And they's like, nothing's wrong with you. You have um, get this. Um, you have it, vertigo. Oh, vertigo. They said she had vertigo.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: and they charged the insurance company charged um, for the MRI. My mom, I think, it was like close to like four or five thousand dollars. You know, and then she had it done here in Chiang Mai at the you know, medical center, it was a university, they used, like, really good equipments, and this was, like, 8,000 baht. Right. You got the expert the next day, he's like, what? You don't have to wait, like, three months? Yeah, it's yours, take it. Mm-hmm. You know, so the system here, the healthcare here is better, you know, everything, dental, everything in Thailand, better than U.S. because it's been— Can I, again, say the word fucked up because of dick, you know? Yeah. 1971, him just, like, privatizing healthcare and, again, saying that capitalism went run amok, that everyone's out for themselves and you just have to, like, take care of yourself. It's not like the European countries. And I grew up like you. It's like, whoa, I grew up in the USA, you know? I thought—I thought— Cheese came in plastic wraps, you know? <laughs> I thought bread was the only thing that was in McDonald's and stuff like that. You know, I grew up in those like American, standard American diet. Yeah. You know, and we were taught like low fat, you well, know, you low don't fat.
1: Don't look like it.
2: That means <laughs> I've been living here for 20 some years. And as a yoga teacher and as someone who is in the industry, I have to look good, mm-hmm. right? I have to take care of myself. And right. also, because of my history, my own family having diabetes, having cancer. And things, it's like, yo, I don't want to go to the hospital. You know, that is my goal in life. (laughs) I don't want to go to the hospital because these hospitals, most of them are, you know, they have drug pushers. The doctors have to push these drugs and these drugs have side effects. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't want to have high blood pressure. I don't want to have diabetes. I don't want to have cancer. And it's the food, it's the environment, it's the choices that we make on a daily basis. So... You know, I've been I've been doing many experiments on myself and diet-wise, you know, diet-wise, saying, um, trying intermittent fasting, uh, trying, um, you know, high protein, low sugar, all these things. And there was one point when I was just, like, not even taking um, meat for many years. Okay. Okay. My period went away. I thought, whoa, I'm going through menopause fast. You know, right? I went back and read some more stuff, you know, was uh, – reading some more stuff, you know what? We are actually meant to eat meat, but really good meat, you know, with the micronutrition, with the iron, with the magnesium, with the things that that plants sometimes don't have. When you eat liver, boom, I'm back to normal. It's like my body's good with it. It's like.
1: This kind of gets (laughs) me into like, so that topic right there kind of brings me back to the sustainability of farming practices here Mm -hmm. in this country. Now you talk about good meat. Now, Good
2: meat is grass-fed, hopefully. Uh, Uh Good meat is, like, uh, not the slaughterhouse where they just steroid it to death. Bakersfield. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Have you ever seen how milk is is made or or how these cows – I read out – when I was in college, I read um, Jeremy Rikens, like, Beef Out. And I just – where I just stayed off of meat for 20 years. I did, you know? And then my brother got into the uh, Solvay kind of, like, um, doing meat – boiling it first and barbecuing it it's like try grass fed mm-hmm. and then try corn fed try the difference like whoa yeah. this the first time trying it's like you know there is a difference it's like how we're feeding our animals and we're feeding them junk because of what because of um, let me say it okay it's because of profit yes profit 100%. profit base so Profit-based economy is not good. <laughs> you
1: brought up a couple of like very interesting points in there, like the difference between grass-fed beef and corn-fed beef, mm. grain-fed beef. Yes. Now, a lot of the farming practices here in Thailand, a lot of the corn that's going, that's being grown throughout the hills, the hill tribes yes. of here in Chiang Mai, so many. Um, I've seen it, I you know, I spent a lot of time in the non province uh, working on cannabis projects there and- Everyone explains the Naan province to me before I went there as the most beautiful, natural place. And I drove through Nan, and I've never been so shocked in my life. Mm. Now, they've clear-cut the jungle, not just in the valleys, but up to the tips of the mountains, back down to the other <sighs> side of the mountain. They've Bald-headed. <laughs> completely bald. Ah. And they're growing corn. They're growing corn on inclines that are like this. I don't even know how people, you have to be a freaking mountain goat in (laughs) order to get up there and harvest your corn. But they've clear cut it all.
2: And then they burn it.
1: And then they burn it at the end of the year.
2: And they don't eat the corn.
1: But what does that (laughs) corn go to? Yeah. Animal feed. Exactly. 90% of that corn that's grown up there is going to animals. I, I threw 90% out. I don't freaking know. It's a, over a, 70, large yeah. 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 a large percentage of that corn goes to animal feed. A large percentage of that corn goes to high fructose corn syrup. Yes. Um, evil. Evil. <laughs> evil. I mean, stuff evil. Evil. mean, that is, that is polluting us or that is polluting poisoning Polluting us and the us. environment. But- Like you were saying the difference in between the feeling, the difference in feeling that you had from grass fed cows Mm -hmm. over corn fed cows that are eating corn that's produced in bulk by, you know, high concentrations of chemical fertilizers and pesticides, which ends up in their feed. It's been proven like their feed has been tested. There's high levels of fertilizer, uh, pesticides. pesticides. There's nasty shit in there.
2: It's just not good. Something that you once said, um, things that after World War II, chemicals that DDT can't be sold in the USA, send to Banana Republic like us. Yes. So and yeah, it's here. I
1: got this information from a, a movie that I, I, I've known bits about it over the course of the years. But there was a movie on Netflix called Kiss the Ground. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... Uh, Uh, Woody Harrelson is is the main uh, presenter in this, and it brings you out to meet a bunch of very interesting people. Mm -hmm. Um, But they specifically talk about how chemical fertilizers were introduced to the Western world. Now, chemical fertilizers, uh, according to this video, according to this movie, uh, were created in World War II not as chemical fertilizers. They were created... As chemicals to the extinguish war. the masses. To, they, were, they were gases used in the gas chambers, Evil. Uh, Evil. killing people. Oh, so, in con- concentrated, mm. it kills, you know, they killed millions and millions of people with this concentrated version of this stuff. They, they reformulated it after the war. Well, they couldn't kill people anymore. So, what do we do? Oh, well, hey, it happens to grow plants. But it's still poisoning the people. I yeah. bet you there's been more people killed with these chemicals after World War II than before World War II uh, or during World War II. Um, these chemicals that we're, we're putting out in the world right now is disgusting. Uh, in the movie, they talk a lot about the desertification of certain areas. And they show a map that shows places that used to be lush jungles, lush mm-hmm. farmland that has been changed into deserts. Now they didn't, they didn't focus on Thailand at all. Thailand's just one country of many, but I'm witnessing this happening here in very, very, like on a very big scale in the, with the hill tribes, with these people that have been conned into growing corn, Mm. um, you know, dumping tons and tons of tons and tons and tons of chemical fertilizers onto these fields. And every year they need more chemical fertilizers in order to produce the wow. same crop. Um, not only are they poisoning the cows who are poisoning the people, they're poisoning, uh, you know, the, the tributaries of the rivers then, and stuff that we get our, our, our water from right. that we feed our crops with more importantly, they're poisoning their community. Um, I spent a lot of time up in the Nan province. Um, I'm
2: quite sure that people are getting more cancer.
1: Absolutely, well, that,
2: autism, um, I mean, chemicals, and like parts or a body we're not supposed to be taking in.
1: Uh, ban Luang hmm. in Nan, Ban Luang is probably it, it. As of Thailand, it has the highest cases of cancer in Thailand. They come from Ban Luang.
2: Oh.
1: You know, coincidentally enough, they also produce the most corn. Hmm. In Thailand.
2: Wow. gee, yeah. wonder why. It's a coincidence. That sure. Coincidence happening. Corn and cancer. Well, you know,
1: and huh. this has been, you know, you mentioned a company earlier and I'll bring them up in this and we have a company like CP. Mm-hmm. Um, we have other very big conglomerates here yes. that are, that are focusing on the, the mass production of these chemical or mass production of these crops.
2: It is a corporation. As a corporation in a capitalist world, your end thing is profit. Yeah, mm-hmm. our world is really again fucked up because of this basis profit based society where right. we don't really care about anything else except profit. You know, we're that's this is how we got here, you know, and all those things happening in the world. It's not just Thailand, it's the heating in certain parts of the world, burning in certain parts, floods, and A lot of many things because of the many things that humans put into our own body and the environment because of profit. You know, so for me, meeting somebody who's not only a farmer, but a smart farmer, understand that, you know, I have children, I have another seedling. They want to kind of like inherit the earth that is healthy, you know, and the nutrition that we have in the soil. I mean, I mean, most of these like uh, organic Things growing out there, be it, uh, yeah, psilocybin, okay, be it um, all these mushrooms. I saw a really great documentary, you know, fantastic fungi, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, Paul did an amazing job, beautifully shot, and just explaining that it is, fungi is, has been here long before the dinosaurs. We're part of the fungi in our body. Right. You know, the microbiome of our own body, that more cells in our microbiome, and also in the soil, you know, that feeds these plants. You eat – I actually ate lettuce once that uh, was grown organically, you know, using – Only once? Yeah. Well, because it was (laughs) – comparatively, like, both of them. One was, like, hydro and one was um, organic, using um, food scraps and making really good fertilizers and lots of, like, um, earthworms, Mm -hmm. making this really beautiful liquid dark gold, right? Yeah. And putting it on there, like, recycling – all this stuff, all these food waste, all these stuff back into the soil, though, it tastes better. It yes. tastes so much better than chemical stuff. But chemical stuff, you can actually do so many crop rotations. That's why it's so cheap.
1: Yeah. I right? can produce more crops per year using chemicals uh, without having to put a lot of effort into my inputs or anything like that. I just need to go to the store. I buy the bag of fertilizer. I dump it on the field and I have crops. And this has been right. the method for fifty years. <laughs> um, it is.
2: It's like it's very basic. It's very simple. It's very you know. Nature has meant it to work on its own. Mm-hmm. Our body is meant to kind of like you know um, recycle and all these other stuff, and it works on its own as well. We're here to observe and to evolve, hopefully, mm-hmm. right? And all this 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 idea that uh, this you know we need more medicine. We need more. Um, pharmaceutical stuff. Many of the pharmaceuticals in the environment has really poisoned the earth, the waterways, and stuff like that. Pharmaceuticals, drugs. These fishes and stuff are also, you know, they're 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 being getting pharmaceutical stuff and antibiotics and stuff, and we're actually receiving it as well. You know, we are what we eat. We are what we consume. Right. And we're eating a lot of junk. Mm-hmm. A lot of junk. And that's not cool. <laughs>
1: sure. I mean, the the more mentality, the American mentality, bigger is better, more is better. It, it has, has, has moved the world over the Bluttony course of the last 70, 50, 70 years. Greed is good. Have you ever read, there's a wonderful book um, that was actually banned in certain states in the United States. And it was written by... Dr Seuss. Dr Seuss. It was called The Lorax. Have you oh, ever read yes. The Lorax?
2: It's so long ago. Long, Dr Seuss, yeah. Lorax.
1: The Lorax was was a, a revolutionary book for its time. Um it talked about how The Lorax, which was this uh mythical creature who protected the forest and protected the brown barbelutes and the the great forest uh, creatures that we had out there. Mm-hmm. Um he was out there and he fought or he was uh a voice against the oncler and the once the once-ler, Uh the 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 one-shot and it's done sort of guy. This the onceler comes in and cuts down all the trees, he ruins the forest to make sneeds. And a sneath is a find something that all people need. It's a shirt, it's a hat, it's a glove, it's a sock, it's uh it's it's it, it's 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 the bullshit that we need today that we think yeah. we need today, and this is a book that was made in the seventies, eighties. I, I I encourage you and yeah. all of our listeners to go back to the Lorax because the Lorax was a very powerful book. It was so powerful they made it illegal in certain states in the United States. They took it out of the libraries. Um, because it taught like these are logging communities that were cutting down huge
2: Yeah, yeah. Um there's a lot of alienation that's happening in the world because we think that we're separate. Mm-hmm. You know, we think we have to like fight, fight, fight. We have to go get an education, go get a good job and then be on this treadmill of nine to five and you know, have insurance, live in fear. Mm-hmm. You know, my other big dream was also when I live in the US, like I don't want to wear a nine to five job. You know, I don't want to be part of the system and worry about healthcare and like getting sick or, you know, having two weeks off a, a year doing whatever and just right. like my soul dying. And- That's
1: what the American and the current education system teaches you. Exactly. You know, the American, whatever education system, the education system that's in place today, American, British, Thai, it (laughs) teaches you how to be a good employee.
2: Employee. Right. How to
1: listen to it, follow the, toe the line, follow what the teachers say, do what you're supposed to do. Don't be late or you're going to get a tardy or or this and that. Sound more
2: communist to me. It's not capitalist. It it is. It's modern day slave trade training. Yeah, it's tyranny. Yes, and it is what it is. People are trying to um, not receive as much freedom as we have. We, you know, we we grew up in the United States thinking we have freedom. We don't live in a free world. We live in the land of the rights. Growing up, you know, we have black rights and white rights and like gay rights and um, women's rights. We have all these rights, and people. Have to go into being a lawyer to run the country, you know? Oh, lawyers. Yeah. I mean, if you're a doctor, you have to have uh, insurance against lawsuits right. and things. And there's like all these rights, but no real freedom. Right. And I mean,
1: lawyers are one of the jobs in this world that just pissed me off the most. Because <laughs> lawyers were basically put in there because we as a people aren't honest enough to, to be straight with each other. Like, you know, it's like these lawyers have come in and just made a place for themselves to, and I'm sure, I, trust me, I, I use lawyers, I have lawyers, I, I know that they're needed in society, but yeah. it's a society that we set up to the fact that, I don't know, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but. Yeah,
2: again, um, you know, I just watched a movie with uh, Ruth Banners Ginsburg, okay. and it, it's about her, and I just think they're there are women who have actually gone out there or people who are lawyers trying to beat the system. You know, I was really upset you know, during, you know, during that dump area where they put the Supreme court justice. And I was like, Oh God, I would watch politics watch about the U S like guys in Thailand watch about football, I suppose, you know, it's, it's different looking from afar mm-hmm. inside. And I've always been an outsider looking in, right. you know, growing up as, as an Asian kid, grew up in Detroit and now being more really sometime American than Thai. I don't know what this society is like this separation that we have, you know, this label that we have that, uh, oh, you're, you smoke ganja or, oh, you're a farmer or you're a communist. Right. You know, when I was in the pageant, I once even said, like, uh, was asked, what was your, who was your favorite uh, author? And this guy named Saul Suwilak. And he wrote, right? I just loved it because he wrote in English. And wrote about democracy, about Thailand history. And my uncle, I remember him saying, don't say that. He's a communist. You can't say this. You can't say that. And so my mouth was shut right. for a long time for many reasons. You know, I mean, I had to do many things that make a living, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know that. But your soul also die if you don't find your true calling and also this connection with community. And mm-hmm. I miss that. Right. You know, the community that uh, is like, hey, You have to choose the best stuff for your body. Yo, you have to manage yourself. Yo, it's like, why can't we have more connection? Um, Learn to grow, learn from the earth, be farmers, be smart. You know, we depend so much on capitalism. We depend so much on modern society, on everything. We're so matrixly logged in (laughs) to everything And we measure our value and our worth to how many likes we have or, you know, how many followers are we an influencer and things like that. Or how much money, how chic, how cool. And I see that now that right now, Thailand's suffering, Mm -hmm. you know, as the entire world is suffering, you know. And I was like, hey, this plant and not just only cannabis, but also mushrooms, you know, Mm -hmm. cleaning the oil spill. Right. On the famous fungus video, I was like, whoa, that's, that's really cool. And, you know, the connection within our brains as it's turned on, uh, the microbiome in our stomach that these, these, these bacteria and virus and all these stuff inside ourselves mm-hmm. already, in the soil as well. We need to just, like, allow Earth to have enough nu- nutrients, right? And cannabis is one of the plants that it, it grows, so it's a weed. So it grows right. fast.
1: right. And it's one of the tools that we can use to start healing our, our our Earth, not healing our people, not healing the from the doctor's perspective, but healing our Earth. Um, cannabis is a huge bioaccumulator. It's there's articles out there right now that saying that cannabis will pull. Forever chemicals out of the soil, mm-hmm. chemicals that have been known that you just can't get them out of your soil. Once they're in there, like they're in there. Stuff, like chemical bad stuff, like chemicals. Bad stuff, heavy metals. Does it go
2: into the? Does it go into the uh, cannabis itself?
1: Yes, it goes right into the cannabis, and this is uh, and that's cannabis that can be grown. Mm-hmm. It can be used. It shouldn't be smoked or ingested in medical. Ah. Uh, but it can hemp. be hemp. Yes, absolutely. Now we can. Use We can use this as a regenerative farming practice. We can use hemp to go into these places that have been destroyed, decimated with chemicals, pesticides. I mean, people are using it in Chernobyl right now in order to try to clean nuclear waste out of the, the soil. Right. And they're getting positive results. Um, so cannabis can be used as a great tool. Okay, so if we go in, we have a nasty place that is... Um, you know, we have a place that's been completely uh, decimated by chemical farming practices, stuff like this. We can use cannabis to clean up that soil. Now we can't go and use that cannabis as as medicine, but cannabis has a more beneficial aspect than just medicine. Now the The hemp fiber is more sustainable than any aspect of the medicinal plant. CBD, THC, yeah, it's the new hot words, all right? right? But at the end of the day, if people don't have CBD and THC, you know, society's going to keep going on,
2: of course. right? right. I and
1: mean, maybe not as happily as it could be with THC and CBD. But regardless of that, we are still going to need everyday consumable products that can be produced by hemp. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk a lot more about the industrial hemp market when we come back from this next break.
0: Stay up to date with The Perfect High Podcast on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Just type in The Perfect High Podcast, then follow or like the pages. You can also turn on the notifications so you can be notified when we make new posts. Also, be sure to subscribe to The Perfect High Podcast on YouTube. There you can see the actual faces behind the voices. Oh, and again, make sure you click that notification bell. And if you're already watching on YouTube, then be sure to search for The Perfect High Podcast on your favorite podcast streaming platform and follow us there. Now let's get back to the podcast.
1: I'd love to hear about the first time you had a bong with your father.
2: A bong with my father. Really? Because
1: I will tell you about the first time I had a bong with my father.
2: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Having this, like, family moments back in our lives. Um, First time, my grandmother uh, fell in the bathroom, and she had cancer Mm -hmm. and um, bleeding. I had to go, everyone just drop everything and go back to Trang, take care of her, look after her. And... My brother and I were looking at the kitchen, and then there's this family heirloom, very old baby bong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, made of uh, Mother of Pearls, like this metal thing, copper. I don't know what it was. Sounds more like
1: an opium pipe.
2: It, I don't, it had a little thing for like squeezing, putting it in, you know, putting it here in the water bong in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It was water bong. Uh-huh. So my there grandmother, you know. who had the accident, walked over and showed me how to use it.
1: Okay. Your grandmother. Yes.
2: Uh, yeah. My, my dad's Uh mom. Okay. And she said like my grandfather, you know, had headaches and things and couldn't sleep, had insomnia. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, he used it and, uh, it was a good sleeping aid for him and, uh, helped him, especially when he had diabetes and, uh, he had a, had his leg amputated, you know, it was really tough. And, um, just the oil, just the stuff. Everything about the plant has helped me looked after my family, my my grandparents, my mom and dad. You know, especially even now, allow them to like uh, enjoy the moments they have in life. Right, feeling good and happy. So, <laughs> what's wrong with that? That's that's what's the
1: biggest that? thing about cannabis. Okay, now there's there's. Right now, cannabis is a buzzword around the world. People yeah. are cannabis, cannabis, cannabis. Doctors are trying to figure it out about cannabis. <laughs> which cannabinoid specifically attacks which cancer? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, supportive of that research. All right. But listen. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I know about cannabis uh, Mm. from a practical level, from an experience-based level. I've grown it my entire life. I've I've used it for a very long portion of my life. But cannabis, from my perspective, if it can just do one thing, which is improve the quality of life,
0: Mm.
1: improve the quality of life. Okay, whether you have cancer or whether you stress out a little bit about your current work situation. uh, Yeah. Can't
2: sleep. Right. Insomnia.
1: Right. I mean, I suffer from those things. I do, you know. We
2: think too much. Right. We feel too last. We think too much. And we are so blogged in our brain with like more is more. Those who are the most toy win. I don't know what they win. More junk, more stuff and the mess we're in now. Right. Right. We are, we are souls who were put on this earth to evolve into better beings, you know, people have to evolve. This might be a really dark time in our human history and, you know, run by people who I really, really have very less respect for because it's not based on for the good of all. Right. You know? and, and this is a, this is a big yeah. problem.
1: I think it's a, it's a huge problem. And I, I think it goes down into the inherent being of man and who we are as a person. And I believe, I truly believe that we are good. Every single one of us, Mm -hmm. we are good. All right. But we are influenced by different things. We are influenced by things that are, are bigger than us, that we perceive as bigger than us. Um, And it's a, it's, it's all a... How we perceive things, like money, for instance, all right? Somebody with more money is perceived as more powerful, maybe better, bigger than who we are. so we're we're influenced by that. And I think that's a way that a lot the in the the current cannabis industry is being developed not only here in Thailand but around the world. Um you know, so it's all how we perceive, you know, it's all the, how we perceive things. Um, again, I don't know where I was going with that,
2: but, that, that, <laughs> but that's
1: okay. You know, I go on, on I go down. But so it's, you know,
2: you asked me before, like when, what happened? I mean, I, not just only my, 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 my dad smoked with, but my, my yeah. brother, my uncle, you know, we had a little table sat around, you know, my grandmother was like, you know, taking the second hand smoke, you so, know, and she was, she was smiling. This
1: was the first time you smoked with your father. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's
2: because of a my, my, my grandmother had an accident in Trung and this is what this is what happened. And then they're like, this is really cool. And it was a really great bonding experience because at first my my dad and my uncle were smoking in the kitchen. My brother comes down and my brother you know, he's like, What are you guys doing? Right. <laughs> my dad was like, I'm not touching it's not mine. It's And you know, I was like, nah. No. You know, so it's like they were still kind of like my my brother, you know, my, my dad tells my brother, don't tell your sister. OK, he doesn't want to look bad in my eyes, mm-hmm. which is funny. He's like, dad, hello. So, you know, it's like, hello. He found out later, of course, we were kind of like teaching crocodiles how to swim. He's like, do you know how to use this? <laughs> do you know how to use this? And my brother's like, uh-huh. So right. it's like, it's a bonding experience for us. You know, when you get a certain age and if you have a chance to bomb your family, and this is not just like, um, not just as the cannabis, but also even with, with mushrooms, my my dad had a revelation. He was crying a lot. And a lot of the uh, anxieties or the neuroses he had, it just kind of like it came out. Right. And he was, it was nicer and calmer and just, you know, it does change your personality, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. You have a good trip. Yes. Of course. And I think it's there as nature's medicine cabinet, you know, all the stuff out there, you know, that can cure cancer, that can cure so many things. But we are actually putting so much chemicals and pharmaceuticals out there it's just what are we doing why is this species are we so self-destructive we are
1: our own worst enemy <laughs> yes. like we're absolutely uh you know out out for ourselves you know in so many different ways you know like yeah it's, it's we're out for number one but like really we're our own worst enemies look at the stuff we put into our bodies and yeah. and you know we're you know Nobody here is to blame for that. We are a product of our environment, you know, and we just need to to learn. We're out, we're on another sort of in society as in general. We are in another sort of, I don't know how to say it, but it's it's a phase like we were in in the 60s. Yeah. Like, like we're, we're learning, we're on a new level of consciousness and we're, we're learning a new level of consciousness.
2: Because you know what? The system is broken. Oh, big time. The entire system is broken. It is so broken, you know, and you said it's like, it's so broken that we better get our shit together or, you know, Hey, we're the doomed species because we're, we're putting it in and we're like, don't know how to clean up our shit or the stuff after us. Right. Right. So,
1: yeah, I mean, Absolutely. Like, but we're sort of, like I like I was saying, we're shifting consciousness at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like our system is broken. Yes. But you and I grew up, or I, I mean, I, let me speak for myself, not, not so much for you, but I grew up trying to be supportive of this system, to mm-hmm. try to understand how this system works. And, yeah. um, you know, I grew up trying to, you know, with a a firm belief that this system is the way to go after all the thousands of years we've had to develop as human beings, Mm -hmm. this system must work. Look at this. Look how advanced we are. Now, as I get older and I, I understand certain things, I realize we're still just a bunch of dumbasses.
2: (laughs) (laughs) When I say system or when we talk about system, I think it's just not just like government, uh, healthcare, you know, just social issues and we are so disconnected with each other. We're mm-hmm. so hungry. We're so, like, lacking of something. We're lacking. And also, there's just a lot of anxiety, lots of uh, frustration, neurosis happening. And, and people don't really know how to get out of that prison in their mind. hmm You know? And, and really, we have to think less. We have to feel more. We have to chill out. Right. What better is there than out there? It is out there for our, you know, to clear ourselves, to, to take care of ourselves, to... Hopefully even cure many of the things that we put in there. That's poisonous.
1: Right. Exactly. We need to chill out. All we right. We out. have built ourselves up as the biggest and best and most advanced species on the planet. All right. We've proved the concept. Mm. All right. It, it it's done. All right. We're there. All right. We're the top of the food chain. Right now, I'm in the belief, I'm I'm of the belief that we again, we need to chill out. We don't need to construct a new system. We need to deconstruct the current system. We need to deconstruct all these systems that we've put in place and they don't work. All right, let's just throw our hands in the air and admit defeat. Oh God, it fucking hurts. I lose face. I admit that what I thought and what I said was wrong. Okay, like God forbid we have to go through that process, but we go through that and we deconstruct sort of what's been happening. I mean, it's. It it. it,
2: it gets to the point of deconstruction. Mm-hmm. If you see or delusion out there. I mean, if the illusion is you can see it. And and to see the illusion, sometimes you have to like, get out of your own reality, I guess. So I don't know. Um, it's you want to deconstruct if. You see that there's a problem. We don't fix things until it's broken. Right. We are so broken. Yes. We are so broken as a species, as a as a planet, and as our soil, as our air, and, and and even, you know, so much toxicity and inflammation happening around the earth and within our bodies. Mm-hmm. We we are just an organism. But Jesus, do we not see that the plants and the everything that's connected is telling us like, hey, use us as as tools. Mm-hmm. You know, as medicine. Don't create poison. Right. Is it that so hard to understand, you know, as a species that you should learn how to be farmers. You should learn how to, um, like, uh, recycle your food, waste. Yeah. Right? Make fertilizer. Mm-hmm. That's that's part of it, right? And then how we uh, control our, our system of even garbage collecting or our system of water management or burning and everything else. Air management, everything. How do we manage and as a government, please, I mean, for me, I kind of grew up with like, you know, during the Vietnam War and it was during the, uh, you know, question authority kind of thing. Yeah. It was it was a bad war. And this past week, it was like Afghan, boom, mm-hmm. you know, and we're curious enough, Afghan went down. But there's a lot of opioids, you know, lots of opioids sure. happening in the United States and people are dying from it from like. Running away from the pain Yes You know and, and these other Natural drugs it's not like 10% higher than like The opioids that they have And like You know Suppress pain mm-hmm. You don't want to suppress it You feel it Sure Yeah And then if you want to have a good trip You get over it And then you know Get in a better mindset And That's how you find of heal
0: mm-hmm.
2: Right I mean These are medicine Why can't we see that Don't put poison with medicine It becomes poison
1: Right. You know, and that all, you know, goes back to what I've been preaching about sustainable farming practices and trying to make don't you can't make medicine with poison like it doesn't work. It hasn't worked on every front out there. Uh, Why do we think it's going to work on the cannabis industry? You know, it's 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 definitely it's not. And, you know, that's why here at Cannabis Agronomics, we're pushing for Mm. Sustainable growth with the industry we can't grow cannabis like we're growing corn and we can't be making cannabis products that require more sugarcane and cannabis yeah there m- more sugarcane and corn than they require cannabis because it's you know it's it's uh,
2: bad for the soil
1: It's bad for the soil it's bad for everything it's, it's, bad it's, for it's us. against everything ah. that we are trying to prove with the cannabis industry. Um, we're taking these products and we're, we're adding 25 milligrams of CBD into this project product, which Mm. is a nominal amount of CBD isolate. Um,
2: does it work? I mean, just only the isolate.
1: Okay. I mean, for me personally, and I've done the math on it, I forget Mm. the exact equation, but at my slender, slim body weight, I, uh, require... 150 milligrams of CBD per dose. If I'm taking pure CBD, Uh I require 150 milligrams of CBD. So if I have the option of buying 25 milligram products, I need to drink six products. I need to have two liters of soda or whatever they mix it in with in order for me to get one dose of CBD. So, I mean, what we're doing with this, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. It's taking Mm. CBD and saying, oh, this now we're adding CBD to this product. It's making it healthy. (laughs) But really, it's giving you diabetes. It's 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 promoting all the bad practices that we grew up with and feeding you lots of sugar and number one drug. It is the number one drug
2: is sugar.
1: In fact, sugar should be regulated more than CBD. It, yes, indeed. you know, like I don't I know that diabetes mm. sugar is responsible for countless deaths a mm. year. CBD, I think we're still waiting on our first like CBD overdose. <laughs> like, Can I don't, you
2: overdose on this kind of stuff?
1: I'm sure if like uh, I'm sure if you ingested more than your body weight uh-huh. of CBD, you could die off of it. You know, Mm -hmm. or if you were on your way to the store to buy CBD Uh and you got ran over by a car, (laughs) would that be a CBD related death?
2: No, (laughs) No, you didn't consume it yet somehow. So it's not. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, reefer madness. Remember those days?
1: Absolutely.
2: Right. I mean, if, if. I mean, back in the yeah. days where it was illegal, you know, I mean, it made like this underground crime. It became like a bad drug. Oh, yeah. A Section one drug. Oh, Whoa.
1: Yeah. oh I'm going to cause some heat with this one. But, you know, back then it was drug crazed Negroes were going to rape your daughters <sighs> if you used cannabis. And it was all came from cannabis.
2: Racist. Yeah. No, Hashtag I mean, it was huge. Racist. Yes. It was
1: huge into the racism. It is. Marijuana, the word itself, marijuana, mm. was developed. Out of racism. Uh, I mean, cannabis has been, you know, it's been known as cannabis, hemp uh, Mm -hmm. for a long time. Marijuana, the word marijuana was invented by the media Mm -hmm. to scare Americans to thinking it was this crazy Mexican drug that got you all hopped up and got you stealing shit and raping women, Ah. you know?
2: It was a jazz, I mean, the jazz area and the blues area, they were, like, smoking it and, uh, you know, having, you know, sessions. And they were afraid these white women go into these bars, you know, enjoying themselves too much. And it's like, yo, you can't control the youth. I mean, I think that's the reason why this war on drug happened. Mm -hmm. Um, It was signed in 1971 by Nixon and all this other stuff that happened. It was because they couldn't control the youth. They couldn't control the society, you know, being part of the matrix, being part of the system is how they run it. Yeah. Control. Control. Control.
1: You know. And God damn, I mean, it's a fucking plant, for Christ's sake. It is like, just a plant. Like, can you imagine if we were having this conversation about tomatoes right now? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. If it
2: makes you feel good. Right. And, you know... They can control happiness. They will like tax it, you know, and it's easy to grow. How do you tax it? How do you make money from it? And, you know, you can actually see from, you know, where you're standing, how people are making money. How do you make money from something as a weed?
1: I mean, that's my biggest issue in this industry is how do we justify making money in this? Like, because like, you know, I come from the medical perspective in a perfect world for me. You know, everyone would be able to grow their own cannabis. They'd be able to grow it within the community. They wouldn't need outside investment into their cannabis farms. They wouldn't need to put their product on on the market so that everybody in the world can Mm -hmm. try their cannabis products. They would grow cannabis for their household. They'd grow it for their community. Uh, They'd grow it in a natural, organic, sustainable way that they can make good cannabis products for their household right like and if if that was the case like you know no one would be making money off this product you know no more than we're making off of any other vegetable but it doesn't take much Uh more to grow cannabis in a field outdoors than it takes to grow any other crop in a field outdoors so why are we charging you know insane amounts of money for cannabis like when a kilo of tomatoes goes for, you know, mm. a couple hundred baht or a hundred baht plus, something like that. I don't know. I've, I It's been a while since I've been to the market. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't even think it's a hundred baht. Yeah. You know, but then a kilo of cannabis, people are trying to justify selling for, you know, thousands of dollars. You know, <laughs> like – you know, people are saying, what, 45,000 baht a kilo is a price that's been announced here in Thailand. Uh,
2: 45,000.
1: I mean, black market Ooh. prices are still over 300,000 baht per kilo. That's
2: why people are interested in it. And it's like, it's again, is it, does it corrupt this crop? Because there's like money involved because people like it so much supply and demand, you know, and it's there. If, if anything, if, if anything has a, a great Demand because, damn, it's a great product, right? And now we have like backing from like scientists that's medicinal as well. That hey, it does help with cancers and tumors and seizures and things, right? Mm -hmm. Why aren't we allowed to use this? Right. Again, it's it's like a taxation. It's like the way the mafia control the society. I suppose and. You
1: know, in the bigger picture, it brings me back to one of my favorite classic films that have been that that's ever been created. I don't know if you've seen it. It's it's a it's a real uh cinematic, you know, masterpiece. Have you ever seen the movie Joe Dirt? Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt. I don't no. know. Who
2: who who's in it?
1: Joe Dirt. Oh, Joe Dirt is in Joe Dirt.
2: Joe Dirt is in Joe Dirt. So Joe Dirt plays himself in this movie.
1: No, no. Jeez, no. um, I'm gonna <laughs> <I just> actually <laughs> have to. Showy. Have to just let me just get a, a picture up of Joe Dirt here. Joe, Dirt. Hold on one second. All right, Joe Dirt. Here we are. Let me show you a quick picture here. Getting all these messages in. Joe Dirt. This gentleman right here, Joe Dirt.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Joe Dirt. Oh yeah. David Spade.
2: David Spade, that's what I was looking for. David Spade. Brother was married to Kate Spade. He made those bags, Kate Spade. Okay. Yeah. He's David the Spade. uncle
1: to to Jessica Spade. Yeah. She didn't do much with her life. Okay. But But Joe Dirt, he had a very famous quote Uh and said, you're focusing on the wrong part of the story. That was a very big, big roundabout way of getting there. Mm. We're all focused on the wrong part of cannabis, all mm. right? And we've been focused on the wrong part of cannabis since our first joint. Right. All right. Our first joint, you know, it introduced us to cannabis and what it can be and what it is and the possibilities. It, it expanded our minds, All right. But the medicinal aspect of cannabis, in my opinion, is a very small percentage Mm -hmm. of what the plant can produce and provide for us on a, uh, you know, as a community, as a whole. Like we have industrial hemp and there's a lot of research out there that shows that industrial hemp can do the same things plastics do, if not better. Mm -hmm. We have in... You know, it's just that industry will uh-huh. never go away. The materials that we can produce from this, this the way that we can, I mean, fix the problems that we had by creating these materials, by it's rejuvenating fine. the soil. It is. Like mm. fibers, building materials, uh, plastics. They're talking about making batteries. They're talking about making all sorts of shit out of hemp. Something that can help fix our planet. And right mm. now... We're focused on the wrong part of the story. Everybody's looking at CBD. Fuck CBD. All right. (laughs) CBD is great. All right. Wonderful. It's anti inflammatory and this and that. And these fucking companies are exploiting CBD Mm -hmm. and making the entire cannabis industry look bad. They are taking CBD. Mm -hmm. We talked about this. They're mixing it with sugary drinks, they're mixing it with shit that's going to kill you, anyways. You're still going to die. Maybe you're going to die like, you know, (laughs) a hundredth of a percent slower than you were before, but, you know, it's not going to make any real effect in your life. Taking 25 milligrams of CBD a week Mm -hmm. in your sugary drink, you know, and I feel that it's taking away from everything that cannabis can really become. It can become a real medicine. All right. CBD, THC, the rare cannabinoids that, that are out there the industrial hemp industry that our country is poisoning itself with in plastics and smoke and shitty fucking pharmacy, farming practices yep. um hemp can be a huge tool in saving our earth in saving who we are as as people but let's make a fucking cbd coca-cola <laughs> You know, <laughs> like, let's make more fucking corn and, and sugar. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry to, to get so, you know, I, I, I get no, animated it is something about that it.
2: that is good to be passionate about. And I think this movement, this this thing that you are doing. I mean, as, as a person, I don't usually go around, like, talking about this and, that, and trusting, of course, your knowledge and trusting what you're doing is really good, not just for, you know, for yourself, for your family, but for the environment. You know, and it's something that is like you've, you've, you've been growing up in California and everyone grows there, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone had a chance to understand what farming is. So you have all these knowledge and stuff. And, you know, I actually met this young young guy who has been following you. And he's like, you know, he's just so cool that does this and this. He's like, I want to do branding. I want to do this, this, this. And he was wanting to grow hemp because he's into diving. He's like, do you know how amazing it is? to go scuba diving with hemp material and say, like how good it is not for the environment? And by looking at it, I was like, whoa,
1: I've gotten high and gone scuba diving
2: before <laughs> and
1: it's fucking amazing. <laughs> but yeah. So, but so,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, I, I so support people like this. Like I really want these people to come out and make their brands and find their specific interest with cannabis. like, um, I'm sorry to even cut you off there. Yeah, but no, it's like okay. you know, yeah. I was just thinking about getting high and going scuba diving. I got excited. <laughs>
2: um It's beautiful. I mean, everything your your senses are enhanced. I mean, there are there are many things, but I think it also the big thing is it it allows you to chill. And yes. we're in a society where it's like, ah, oh, wake up in the morning, you know, take your coffee. It's like, okay, it's like like legalized meth in a way, you know. Sure. We're on, we're on, we're on. We don't know how to chill. And as a yoga teacher, I mean, most of the things, calming myself down, using the breath, meditating, you know, those things are good and calming so I can actually go out in the world. But sometimes, boom, I get lost in these things, you know, like, ah, mm-hmm. frustration, anxiety, things. I mean, there's a pandemic going on. I don't, ah, and all these stuff is in my head. I don't know how to get it out. Right. You know, and, and it also helps you chill and just, you know, that's what we need more chilling. Yes. I mean, this is a country where "Sabai Sabai" is almost like a national anthem in a way. Sure. Right? We are a tropical country. We grow amazing fruits. We're the best in the world. Yes. Our soul is amazing. Right. You know, and it's like, why can't we adopt or, or adapt, buy, and grow amazing products? Mm-hmm. That this plant is like not just only just for um, the environment, for the soil, for us as a species. It allows us to save us as well. And, you know, just hearing this fight, it's like, you know what? Uh, Gandhi had to fight the British with that salt thing, remember? Mm The salt. And the United States, remember, it was formed because of the Boston Tea Party tax. Oh, yeah. Remember those things? It's always about power, about people who are holding on to power, thinking this is a tool for power. It's like, it is not cigarettes. It is not alcohol, which those things need to be taxed. You know, and who owns these stuff, right? And they need to control it. Mm -hmm. But this you can't control. And that is why, really, it is out of control. It's dangerous.
1: (sighs) It is. So we need some control. We need... uh, We're doing good here? We're doing great. (laughs) 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 All right. But yeah, we need some control over this. But, But do we? I don't know. That's the basic thing question.
2: is, I, even I saw you making soils or even teaching you your own children how to compost. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just basic things, recycling things rather than having landfills. You know, it's, it's responsible farming. It's responsible and it's like allowing. And I once even asked you, was like, how long does it take for the soil to come back to be alive again, to not to be a dead soil? It's like five years. Here's the thing with a tropical country. We're kind of like, you know, we, we think short term. Right, you don't think long term. It's right. like we want money now, yeah, quick profit.
1: Right, and yeah, to get things back going, you know, from a you know from basically a chemical dump, which the farms are now, back into a healthy, living, fresh, organic farm, it takes a lot, you know, but it's possible. We it's are. Possible. We are absolutely. It's possible. Absolutely, you know, we're in a very. We do live in a lush tropical jungle, and. You know, if we were to just turn off the world right now, uh, you know, if we can't, if we just, if no one came to Chiang Mai for the next year, everybody walked out of Chiang Mai for the next year, we came back a year later, it'd be hard to find Chiang Mai. You know, the, the jungle would overtake. We can fix these soils by doing, we can accelerate that process through, through certain farming methods and getting this going. But, you know, that's the way the world, the world is very much like our own body, it'll fix itself eventually. Yes. And, you know, even if it has to uh, expel a certain species or a certain virus, it'll do it and it'll fix itself, you know. Hopefully we can be, you know, we can still be here for that process though.
2: <sighs> yeah,
1: Yeah. hopefully. Yeah. So there's a couple things that I need to go over and I don't know if we need to uh, restart the time here. You have 30 minutes on that, right? Restart the time. We'll cut this piece out. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Stop. Yeah, you're at 30 minutes. I know you were saying 30 minutes. Is 30 minutes your max or can we keep talking? I think you can. You think you can? Like last time we, you talked like 40 minutes. Okay. But the video yeah.
0: cut off,
1: no? Not, not cut. Oh, okay. Not cut. Okay. All right, cool. So there's two more things I want to touch on before we leave. Mm-hmm. One thing is I promised you something that I have not delivered yet. And it was talking, uh, telling you about my first experience That's smoking right. weed ah. with my father.
2: Uh-huh.
1: All right. And like smoking weed with my dad for the first time. Now, I knew my dad smoked weed for a long time. I found his weed when I was in fourth grade. I found his weed like on top of the refrigerator. How old were you? Fourth grade, I don't know how old you are in fourth grade, like nine, nine, something like that. Right. And I found his weed on top of the refrigerator. It was in like a hockey puck. That he, I remember him getting the hockey. It was like a fake hockey puck fake that he got from puck. a game that we went to. Mm. And like, I remember I was on top, and this was like the weird thing. I was on, I was looking for a bunch of things to mix together. We were trying to make a new drink that made you feel high. And this is like fourth grade. So I'm mixing like crystal light with crystal lemon, with a crystal light with, uh, so with Kool Aid and stuff like that. We wanted a new drink, Blade. like Jolt Soda or something. And while looking for that, I found my dad's weed on top of the the refrigerator, and I was, like, devastated for, like, half a day because I had just gotten out of the D.A.R.E. class. Do you remember D.A.R.E.?
2: Oh, my God.
1: Drug Abuse Resistance Education. Like, drug.
2: oh my god, it was like this is your brain on drug with the, with the frying pan with the oh, egg. Oh, yeah, yeah, remember yeah. That? This yep. is your brain on drug. I remember the frying pan I was thinking that would make a really good omelet. Yeah, I mean, hey, it like, made maybe me like a hungry. Pow- yeah, <laughs> what kind of war on drug is this? It was war on poverty, it was war on people who like it, fill up the you know, the um, people in jails a mm-hmm. lot in the that system. That's another subject in itself. You know, incarceration,
1: yeah, like that. whoa. So yeah, I mean, you know, that was my like very American upbringing, and you know, my dad sat down with me and he told me, he goes, "Listen, you know, cannabis is not what the dare books and the dare officer told you it is." And even then I'm looking at him like, "Mm-hmm, Dad, like I just had a whole group of professionals telling me that this shit's bad. And OK, yeah, you, a used car salesman, no better <laughs> than them. OK, you know, mm. but it took me a while to 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 to. It actually didn't take me too long. It took me like that night and I was like, hold on. trying to make a concoction of jolt soda in there like why don't you try some weed so not too much after that Uh you know um i got a chance to try cannabis for for the first time actually it wasn't the first time like i was with cannabis Uh uh-huh a friend of mine like me and a friend we found like his dad his older brother's stash Right, so like we didn't know how to roll a joint. We didn't even know. So like, basically we just like took a bud or whatever was there, and we tried to wrap it in paper, and we tried to <laughs> light the end of this thing, and oh. we tried to smoke it, and uh, <laughs> it really didn't work that well. We left defeated. Um, but in seventh grade, it was like the first time I really got to smoke weed. It was this with this kid Matt. God, I can't remember his last name, but he was like this punk rock kid from the school. He was cool, man. He had like a fucking mohawk and all sorts of fucking mental problems. Did you and feel
2: free? Did you feel what did you feel? I mean that, I felt that, great. That, like yeah.
1: we 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 ended up smoking a we we smoked a bowl out of this like whalebone pipe mm-hmm. that we that he stole from the, the the school museum. It was like a whalebone pipe that was like carved by Native Americans from the area. He stole it from the school. <laughs> We were up on the the hill behind this mall in in Oceanside and we smoked weed on the hill and I knew from that instance mm. I'm like, this is my shit this is like, my shit <laughs> I feel fucking wonderful <laughs> I went from feeling like an outcast like cuz and I had just moved into that school system like and that's been my my M.O. since I was a kid. I've moved around, like, from the day I was born until today, mm-hmm. I've lived in over 50 different households. like wow. house over 50 different houses.
2: Blowing in the wind. Yeah. Wow, tumbleweed you are.
1: <laughs> so it was like, I smoked that weed, and it was like my instant connection with these people. And it allowed me to connect with all these different cliques. Mm. Like, growing up in San Diego, it was like, the jocks and the skaters and the Mexicans and the, the blacks and everything like that. It was like yeah. all these different cliques. Right. Like I didn't see a click. I saw like friends and all these different areas. And everyone was like confused about me because I could walk to any one of these crews, walk up to them. They accepted me like a brother you know, it was all because I had the good weed, you know, and it was like, okay, weed is a different level of connection. It doesn't matter what color you are, what yeah. you feel, what you are, what you believe in. If we can sit down and smoke a joint together and converse about a conversation, we're friends, you know, as it's simple like, it's as a that. It's peace pipe. Right.
2: The American Indians is, um, you know, reading Agile Huxley, you know, The Port Doors Perception, and understanding Jim Morrison and the doors, you know? And I mean, just not just, that's another thing, but I mean, all these, I got, let's call them psychedelics what they are. You know, it, there's connections in the brain, you know, that mm-hmm. allows you to just connect with other beings. Right. And there's just no separation. I like the word you use for connection. It's like, it is that connection. Right. And that connection is, that is, I don't know what it is. Just love, connection, understanding you know, and sharing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that is that is what this community needs more of, right? you know, less war, you know, more just love and understanding and compassion and kindness and just like kindness to ourselves, kindness to our environment, you know, choosing the best things to absorb into our body. Right. Rather just like taking all the shits out there. I and mean, there's a lot of shit out there. I mean, take it from somebody who's been in the advertising business, in front of the camera presenting thing for so many years of her life, you know. Mm-hmm. I did it, and I, I know it was lies and stuff, but it's part of, like, the culture, the, the social norm, you know. How many likes you got? How was your value? You know, how, what kind of car do you drive? You know, those things. And when I did Dick though, when I did my first documentary, mm-hmm. um, that was out in 2000, uh, 2005, you know, that became huge because it allowed me to just connect with these kids, these nature again. It's like, you know what? Real happiness happens when you connect, you know, Mm -hmm. with someone or a moment. Mm -hmm. Even you telling the story about, you know, my first time with my friend, you remember exactly what happened. It was just a moment in your consciousness. It was just a happy moment. Yeah. And it allows us to be in an unhappy state of mind. It's like, what is wrong with that? Mm -hmm. There's no crime being committed. Like when you drink alcohol, I mean, too much of it much of it you're like you know what do you want you know you become loudy and rowdy your ego and even some chemical out there becomes very egotistical right this is a chill pill this is really a chill thing to do and again if you're going to overdose it you're going to fall asleep that's pretty much it
1: right right (laughs) yeah so you know it's a wonderful drug it's not, you know, it's a wonderful substance. I shouldn't even classify it as a drug because, you know, that's, that's a label we give it. But it's a wonderful substance. It, it just has great
2: hundreds of use. Hundreds, 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 hundreds. And it just, it's like discovering coffee. And then it's like, oh, you know, and the government's saying you can't have, you can only have decaffeinated coffee. It's like, but why? Mm-hmm. Why can't I have all the good stuff involved with the plant itself? You know, it's, it's our right. Right. As a species and this plant has been around for like thousands and thousands of years in every culture that's been civilized, you know, from the the tombs and even in China and 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 even the, you know, in so many places it's been illegal because of what? For what reason? I mean,
1: she's only been illegal for what seventy years, something yeah. like that. You know, since yeah. the war on drugs, since you know, some dumbass <laughs> decided that let's make this They can't control thing the youth. They
2: can't control the youth. They can't control that culture. And the uh, counterculture movement that happens, like you know, in the nineteen sixties. I mm-hmm. mean, lots of psychedelics, lots of those, lots of like hippies hanging around. You know, making communes, mm-hmm. community communes, like really listening, understanding, like that movement. You know, the beat. Generation people who are just trying to wa- don't want to be part of the system,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? And you see this happening now. It becomes now, currently, in Asia. Oh, well, sure. And in Thailand and in Burma. Well, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Okay, it's happening. Yeah. Right. And it's like, hey, we have the right. We have the right to be free and to also to grow things for our health yeah. and for our for our family, for our community. And we should connect. Yeah. So make it happen. <laughs>
1: that's, you know, that, that's our focus and that's our drive. That's what we're yeah. trying to make happen. And that's what we're all continuing to try to achieve. Um, and the the fight will never stop.
2: I hope know? so because this is the right way. I mean, I, I don't know other way. I wish there a hope. Right. We need hope because we are such in a dark age of our generation or our species right now in time. Mm-hmm. You know, we're killing ourselves, we're putting um, sugar, we're putting bad things in the environment into ourselves, we're causing so much very bad health. Most of the stuff, like diabetes, um, uh, blood pressure, and things that we're doing is because of how we consume things. Right. Right? I mean, it's not that hard to just really learn how to manage yourself. And this plant teaches you about life itself, you know? The the dirt the soil. I mean, we are part of nature. We are part of nature. Sure. Right. So if we take understand how nature grows, it's almost godlike in a way. You know. So you, in a way, with this thing here, you know, and this face it looks very. You know, I'm thinking like, I'm, I'm seeing Michelangelo here. I mean, I'm seeing some <laughs> like a, uh, you know, some like Leonardo da Vinci, and a god. And, you know, and no. you can, you almost. It's an environment. The, the, the soil is, is, has microbes that helps life itself. Right. You know, these, these tiny microbes and so much vitamins and stuff that we need in our body. I was been taking, like, um, apple cider vinegar yep. more so now um, for my microbes, mm-hmm. right? For my probiotic, all this oh, stuff. Yeah. And it, it really helps with my hot flashes, believe it or not. Right. <laughs> you know, and these kind of things, I was like, hey, naturopath thing that's out there that is medicinal, good medicine without side effects. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanna grow into my life in next, hopefully next 50 years, if I can go that far, you know, healthy Mm -hmm. with no pharmaceutical bullshit in my body, possibly, you know, is that too much to ask?
1: I I don't think so. I mean, I I don't think so. And I think you're doing a damn good job of looking after your body. We Um, have no
2: one else to depend on, right? I mean, we're the generations like having kids is, uh, your kids are lovely, by Mm -hmm. the way. I mean, you know, Ty and Ryan just like a little, I want to be a gun to a farmer. I think (laughs) that is the most sweetest thing I've seen. And just understanding how plants are grown Mm -hmm. or how to, you know, cross pollinate or even how to use the soil again to regenerate. Like, this is from a seven-year-old. like, hello. <laughs> You're teaching about... This is the kind of stuff they don't teach in school. No. And this is the most important <laughs> stuff in life. Right. Right? How to take care of yourself when mommy and daddy are not here anymore. Right. And this is, like, the best education that you can do for your children. And so become farmers, okay? Yeah. That's 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 the best thing.
1: You know, yeah. You know, become farmers. That's what I try to teach them. I mean, because farming down to farming the farming the unit of currency from farming mm-hmm. if we if we look at it you know one apple is still an apple an apple has been an apple for and it has a, you know it has our relationship with an apple has not changed in thousands and thousands and thousands of years that apple mm-hmm. fills us up for one snack for one meal you know but the dollar or the bot. The mm-hmm. bot has not been the same. One bot has not been the same. Right. hasn't been stable. You know, the bot, the dollar, whatever.
2: Inflation. Inflation. Ah, right. Inflation.
1: But <laughs> the value of an apple has not changed. It hasn't. It's still it's still your relationship with an apple is still the same relationship with an apple that your ancestors had. Right. So you don't need to grow 10, 20 apples to fill your stomach. No, you need to grow one, two, you know, this and that'll never change.
2: This is sustainability, which S- is such a simple common sense idea.
1: Sure. We don't need Bitcoin. We need the barter system.
2: Barter system based like, on value rather than monetary value, but real value.
1: Yes, Right? Not, right? A, not a fictional value that we create and we you know, need more electricity than some small countries in, in order to sustain. No, it's we really need to environment. deconstruct yeah. that. It's a great idea, yeah. but we need to deconstruct that. We need the barter system. We don't need Bitcoin, but that's another episode.
2: It's a dream and <laughs> I hope and see it happens, you know, but it, it can't be a nightmare. But right now. So many things you can fight for. There's like there worth of resistance in a way, but it's the right way. Right. And I'm cheering you on, and also me part of this movement because this is a great community. To have right. You know, because this is not just about like uh, fighting the system. This is really getting out of this matrix of depending on capitalism, depending on what they say mm-hmm. is good for you. Find out right. for yourself. You know.
1: Yep. Yeah. Two more things before yeah. we leave here today. Mm-hmm. All right. I never actually told you about the first time I smoked weed with my dad. <laughs> I told you about the whole story up leading to that, okay. but I never actually told you that. So I'm going to go into that right now. Okay. Um, so I got kicked. So my parents separated at a very young age. I got kicked out of my house at like the age of 13,
2: 13,
1: Thirteen. my mom and my stepdad decided it was a good time that I got kicked out of the house. I was smoking weed and taking acid,
2: you Whoa, know,
1: doing all, are young. taking mushrooms, no, not mushrooms. You know, enlightening. You know, expanding my mind. I wasn't a bad kid. I wasn't. You know, I wasn't
2: experimenting. I wasn't
1: doing heroin or meth. Oh, you no, know. no chemicals. Not then, at least. <laughs> but um, you know, I, you know, I was, I was a good kid. I, you know, I did. You know, I, I rebelled a little bit, but no more than you know. Good is being part American. of the system.
2: Good is being part of what the society, kind of like, conditioned you to be. So right. you were conditioned well. Yes.
1: So I got kicked out of the a house in California. My dad at the time was living in Kennesaw, Georgia. Like uh I mean it doesn't get much more redneck than Kennesaw, Georgia. To the point where they have a Civil War museum and KKK museum in this town. Like Ooh. it is redneck, all right? Ooh. Like um you know, Waffle House. God damn, I love the Waffle House. But uh, so I get kicked out of there I, I, I show up at the house I, I show up, you know, at the airport My dad picks me up from the airport And, um, you know, he asks me So why would you get kicked out? It's like, oh, because, you know, smoking weed, this and that. And the entire time he goes, he grabs a tin out of the same place that I found the hockey puck above the refrigerator, behind the cabinet, above the refrigerator. He, he grabs a tin, different house, but same uh-huh. location, close it down, starts rolling a joint as I'm telling him the story on how I got kicked out of the house. And oh, we shared our first joint that time. And... It was, like, one of the first times I felt like an adult. I felt like a man. I felt like a human being, not just a little kid trying to, uh, you know, explain what he's doing or this and that. I felt like he was taking me seriously. And that's the way my father, my yeah. my relationship with my father's always been. He's 13, treated me like a right? person. Thirteen. Yeah. You
2: know, in the— in Yeah.
1: Thirteen was the first time I smoked with my dad, right?
2: Okay. Well, so, at thirteen, if you were, say, like, the Native American Indians, we become a man. Right. And go into the— the teepee and you you take this peace pipe and become a member of the tribe. Uh-huh. You know, those kind of ideas, it's, it's part of the, I don't know, the natural world culture. Mm-hmm. That is, is, is a bonding experience and like, you know, being part of it, understanding what it is that he likes it so much. And like sharing that experience is better than sharing, I don't know, other drugs that's out there, you know? Sure. Um... I mean, I'm okay Even with- a
1: drink or a beer, you know? Like, I mean, I've, I've been drinking beer from a very, very young age. But, you know, like my dad would always give me, like even at like six years old, would be a little bit of beer left in the can and he'd give it to me. And, uh, you know, that's not healthy. <laughs> you know,
2: some countries say beers are healthy. I don't know. I think everything can be in moderation or, or let's say this. It can be a poison or a drug depending on the amount. Right. Everything. I mean, I have met people who have overdosed um, on <laughs> too much smoking the good stuff, you or know.
1: eating the good stuff. Right. I, I've it's seen too people much. completely lose their legs and can't walk after a couple of edibles.
2: You just throw up, and it's right. not nice. It's just not cool. So, anything, you have to almost prepare for it. And then now, at this age, Before we do anything, we're more responsible because we have responsibilities, Mm -hmm. right? Before we do anything, we're like, hey, do we have enough time to recover? You know, your body's not the same anymore. You know, if we're going to do something like higher stuff or hard-on stuff, you have to prepare yourself for these trips. Hard-on stuff? Like harder stuff. Oh,
1: okay, okay. Sorry, (laughs) sorry. My mind's uh, slipping there. Before we go, I need to hear one story from you. Oh, yes. All right.
2: Okay. When
1: was your first experience with cannabis. My first. Your very first experience with cannabis um, that you can describe to us.
2: Okay. I have to give you two because my first okay. first was when I was one years old. One. One. Parents, MSU, no, I'm sorry, um, Ann Arbor, um, and they both had to get their grad students and they had to take this test at the exact same time. Next door neighbor, American GI, back from the Vietnam War. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bill. Bill smoked a lot. <laughs> he was on the American GI kind of like I don't know university thing. So he's there just smoking away, and my mom is like, Jesus, she's putting her daughter into the hand of this American GI getting back from Vietnam. <laughs> you know, it's like, take care of my daughter, don't kill her. You know, she opens the door, comes back, and smoke everywhere, and she's like rolling on the floor. He's like, huh, you know, <laughs> I didn't cry. Right. I was a good happy baby. Yeah, you're happy. probably having a blast. I was having a blast. I didn't cry. So that was good. Um, but that that was the experience my mom told me about. Okay. Um, my first first experience, I think I was fifteen, uh, going to an Aerosmith concert in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend's dad, a hippie, you know, was rolling at the at the at the dinner table and showing me he was rolling this thing and was like, Oh, yes, I did understand what it was. I just thought my grandfather. Oh yeah, send yeah send. I just okay fine. Teach me how to roll this stuff and, you know yeah it was just fun. Did then we go to this concert and everyone around me is smoking. And I'm getting secondhand smoke. <laughs> oh my god the sound live music Aerosmith ah 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 you know and I was like that was the experience of it is that you have you're enhanced your five senses mm-hmm. right. Your ears, your eyes, your nose, smell, everything. So it was enhanced. And you remember, remember those experiences, you know, mm-hmm. in a good way, I, I would think. Yeah. You know, and then it goes away. There's nothing toxic about it. You don't have a hangover the next day. Right. You know, and I, I mean, going to places like, uh, you know, in my life, going to Amsterdam many times, it was like the Disneyland of, of, of all these stuff. You know, seeing that it was legal, And, you know, even prostitution was legal, Mm -hmm. right? But, you know, they have a way to tax them and also take care of them. Make sure they're tested and all this other stuff, right? And it's like, yeah, all these stuff are there. Uh, Towns and stuff. I know they don't want want the crazy people using it as just a drug. It's not a party drug. It's a connection thing. Right. You know? And um, I think we should respect it. It's a it's a beautiful plant. But it's also one of many many plants um, coming from my background. My my great grandfather who was like an an herbalist, you know, back in the days, mm-hmm. and he lived up to be one hundred and four. Okay. So, so he's doing works. something right. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you know, these are medicine out there in the in the jungle, and we're killing it out in the you know Amazon rainforest and other things, and is producing more carbon dioxide, you know? I mean, we are just really just ruining ourselves right now. So just to know there are things out there, cannabis is one of them, but many of these things that farmers and people who understand the earth and soil, uh, it's more than cannabis. It's more than that. It's just one of the plants. But as for me, seeing you, you know, like, hey, you have this knowledge of farming, And you have this knowledge of like growing really good stuff. Yeah. So it's like, you know what? Why why is it illegal for us to not be able to use the entire plant, you know, and and according to what the government says that we can or cannot do? So in a way, this is a movement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there are many undergrounds. I I know they're out there because uh, you have a huge fan base. Yeah, you do. And uh, these underground kids who are out there, they know the real stuff. And a lot of them are there. There are some people who just want to make products, sure. you know, for the monetary value of it. I understand that.
1: Which is, there's nothing wrong with that, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a, it's a something that's needed.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, um, hopefully, hopefully, we, I will pray for some wise leadership happening. <laughs> and uh, we have the freedom to just like, uh, allow herself to go to the concerts and have a blast with her friend. you know, have a great experience. I mean, no one's ever died from the stuff. I don't understand. Right. And if you say, say, like, Oh, if you drive under the influence, I'm telling you, I've seen my, my friend's dad. I mean, I'm telling you really, he drives very slow. You know, you, you're more careful. You're more in tune with the moment. Right. It's not like reckless drunk driving. It's right. not like that. Please don't compare it to other drugs. That's much worse. That's legalized. You know, the illegal stuff is much better. It's medicinal. Yes. And more so, you know. So please, I mean, learn, um, get some real information and um, question authority. That is a good one, right?
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Pop, I think we've learned a lot on this episode, and I want to thank you very, very much for coming out and sharing your experiences mm-hmm. with us. I hope to work with you a lot in the future. I want to get you yes. on the show more often. Um, it's a
2: community. We are like, yes. bro now. Yeah. And, you know, We're just not just bro, we're just, it's community we're creating. And the, the, I, I, the I can- cheer immunity. you on the Can community, <laughs> 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 like, like Communist community with cannabis in it. Yes. Yeah.
1: And, um, yeah, you know, I, I love you a lot. You're doing great things out here. And uh, I want to thank you. And, um, you know, I look forward to seeing you back on the show.
2: Yes. Thank I will you say, very much for coming out. I'll be back. <laughs> See you again. Thank right. you so much, Brian.
0: That's the end of this episode. We really hope you enjoyed and we hope to see you again. This is The Perfect High Podcast.